Bright Suns, you're now listening to the Star Wars Friends Podcast on the No One Is Listening Podcast Network. Punch it, Chewie! What have we here? Hello there. Morning, Senator. Greetings, lights. We are the ones who guard the power. We are the middle. The beginning. Feeling about this. So who talks first? You talk first. I talk first. You're a feisty little one, but you'll soon learn self-respect. So this is where the fun begins. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? This is madness. You can't. What did he say? Join the conversation with the Star Wars friends on social media at SW Friends Show. That's at SW Friends Show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Email the Star Wars friends at show at starwarsfriends.com if you have a comment or question you want us to read live on the show. Now, here are your hosts, the Star Wars Friends! Hey, what's happening, Star Wars boys and girls? You are listening to the Star Wars Friends Show, part of the No One Is Listening Podcast Network. I am your host, Justin Oldham, and with me today, as always, are my Star Wars friends. This is Josh, and I can't wait to go through the year of 2020 in Star Wars with you guys today. Yes! Uh, this is Kyle, and to quote the great Dave Filoni, uh, <laughs> uh, is that like the clone? No, no, Kyle died. I hate it here. All right, this is Kyle, and to quote the great Dave Filoni, "Never stop learning." That's the way of the Jedi. Oh, I learn how to talk. Welcome to the Star Wars Friends Show, where we like to butcher intros for you guys just to to make you laugh a little bit, but. You don't have to say it, because I'm going to make it all disappear. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Um, welcome, everybody. Uh, this is episode 69, dudes. Welcome. Nice. Welcome to nice. the Star Wars Friends. Um, I bet you guys can't guess what number I'm thinking. 69. 13. <laughs> uh, uh, in case you don't know, that's a little Bill and Ted reference. Love some Bill and Ted. Um, welcome to Business Ethics 101. Uh, this we are your hosts for this show. Just kidding, just kidding, um, guys. We got we got some. We don't have a ton of news this week for Star Wars. It's been pretty quiet. We just had Christmas coming off the holiday. Uh, we've got New Year's coming up this weekend. So little little slow in the uh, Star Wars news world. Um, one big thing that we count down every week on this show is our celebration countdown. Dude, we are eighty five weeks. 85 weeks now. It's coming at us like a freight train. <laughs> Get out of the way. Unstoppable. Chew. Chew. Unstoppable. <laughs> uh, 85 weeks. Um, we The Star Wars merch store is uh, still open for those of you that have not purchased Star Wars Celebration merch yet. Um, it closes. Get it while it's picked over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it closes December 31st. That's their last day. But like I said on last week's show, I'm pretty sure if you wait about two, three months, they will come back up with. Uh, all of the stuff that they were not able to sell uh, during the regular, you know, run at those high prices for some of those things. 
probably at a clearance price. So, um, but I would say if there's something that you really want, you should probably get it before it gets sold out. Um, hopefully it's not already sold out. Uh, I, I, like I said, mine was pretty limited. I got like two t-shirts, a patch, and that was about it. Um, I didn't even get any of the pins. Um, they just, I, they didn't appeal to me that much. So I didn't like the designs and I've said it before and I'll say it again. Like having pins is nice, but trading pins at celebration is super awesome. So, yeah. uh, without the actual event, the, the pins lose a little bit of their luster. I say agreed. 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 And there's, there's so many other good quality, uh, artists out there that make their own independent pins like our good friends at fancier every two weeks oh my god yes and bigger does anybody notice that like some of those pins are huge yeah, yeah. like they're, they're so moving big. parts and they're yeah. huge they got three and four posts on the back oh, somebody had a a child was it a child and mando pin and it was the scene all that moved. yeah the ball like slid back and forth Same. between yeah. Mando and Ch- I'm like this is crazy we're getting out of hand here with these very pins. cool but it, they're pricing team- me out of the game at the same time True. yeah yeah that was Team Tunnel Alive that had the ball pin yeah. was it I could only afford yep. so many forty dollar pins <laughs> they I mean they are nice though they are really nice mm-hmm. like the the what is the the Ahsoka pin I think it was from Team Tunnel Alive it was the um what is it was it Blood and Victory is that Victory what it was? Victory and Death one? Victory and Death one. That yeah, one's just that a one beautiful really nice. pin. Um, you know, but our, our good friends at Rebel Art Empire just put out uh, on Christmas Day, just put out the Thrawn and Ezra pins. So if you have not, uh, if you haven't purchased those yet, go out and get those. There is a promo code that you can enter upon purchase for Star Wars Friends. It's, uh, what is it? Star SW Friends 25? Yeah. SW Friends 25. You can find you can their. Only use it if you listen to the show, though. And they'll know. So <laughs> don't try if you don't. Don't be sneaky. Don't be There's sneaky. There's trivia questions on, uh, like, yeah, you know, yeah. which, which host is fan favorite and um, which host is the oldest. We all and know that. What is Mithril's first name? Yeah, that's a that's a <laughs> If you don't know Terry, you have not been listening to the show. What is Mithril's first name? <laughs> Um, it's like those uh, security questions that you get when exactly. you're trying to unlock your password. You're a robot. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, they put their pins out there. There's a promo code for it. Go get them while they're still available because I don't know I that think, they've got an unlimited amount of them. I think they had corresponding... I can almost guarantee they do not have an unlimited mm-hmm. amount. Uh, I think they have a corresponding challenge coin too, right? Like there's a, there's a Thrawn pin and then there's a challenge coin version of it and same for Ezra. I think. I thought I think. saw that. I could Maybe. be making this up completely, but I think I saw that. I think you're I making know. it up. <laughs> Somebody better we'll, pull we'll do up some research. Instagram or something. We'll do I have some a, research. I have a trivia question for the for the code. Is oh, Kyle cool. out of the pop game, true or false? <laughs> That's actually a bit of a trick question. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yes slash no. <laughs> and if, if he depends on the pop, apparently. <laughs> Um, we will get that pop. Hopefully we'll be able to see it in person in, uh, 2021 midway through whenever Kyle gets that. That shipping uh, should be yeah. fast for how much it cost. I, you would no think. joke. The shipping was like more, what, uh, not like the shipping was actually more than the pop itself. That's crazy. That's crazy. The aftermarket though on that pop is going to be astronomical. I'm, I can almost guarantee that. Um, until the it wouldn't uh, let me buy two, I assure you, I tried. <laughs> until the market <laughs> on pops drops, only out. only one. Yeah, 
and then they become like beanie babies. Um, but speaking of, of the holidays and, and that pin drop, uh, did you guys, uh, did anybody get any cool Star Wars stuff over the holidays for Christmas? Did you guys get anything? Anybody give you I a- did not receive a gift, but I did get two pre-orders in the mail on Christmas Eve and the day before, so I guess I sort of gifted those to myself. Oh, that um, reminds Captain, me. Captain Rex Vintage Collection in 332nd Clone Trooper uh, Walmart exclusive. Those both came in. Yes, I got the Rex. Back and- to back days. Oh, the Rogue One Vader Vintage Collection is awesome. Uh, if, if you guys haven't picked that figure up yet, the card back is beautiful. Josh, I know you pre-ordered this. Did you get your speeder bike? Yes. Yes. I forgot about him. I got him. I think he came in the mail. Early. He wasn't supposed yeah. to come till January. Yeah. Uh, I, I got a notification that he was being shipped. He showed up, I think, Christmas Eve or, or I think it was Christmas Eve, actually. Um, Sounds right. It was oh cool figure, though. Is, is yours in the, did they ship it just in the Hasbro box? Or was it in another shipper box? No, it you know was just in about? the Hasbro box, yeah. That's what mine was in. And I'm like, do I open the shipper box or do, do I just leave it in there, sealed? So now I'm trapped with this conundrum of take it out of the shipper box or leave it in the shipper box. Gotta order another one. I know. Wait, what do you mean? Why? Wait, why? Why would you not take it out of the shipper what? box? Ah, well, so some of those original vintage figures from you know, the eighties that are still in those white boxes that they came in that are sealed and never been opened are actually worth quite a bit of money. So whether this one gets to that point, uh, doubtful, but there's always game you're playing. Yes. There's, it's a very long game and there's always those (laughs) collectors that, and for anybody who just tuned in right now, we're talking (laughs) about toys. Whip it out. Just to be clear. Out of the box. (laughs) (laughs) This is not that kind of show, Josh. Not that kind of show. <laughs> Could um, be. But yes, all those came early. Uh, Josh, did you actually, did anybody gift you anything Star Wars for Christmas? Not besides myself, no. No? Just, Just gifts me. to yourself? Yep. I, I received the Baby Yoda in Pram Chia Pet, so I'm excited to take that out and put it together. It says it grows within like one or two weeks. Yeah, a little Grogu. And then I got a little desktop calendar, a little 2021 Star Wars desktop calendar, which I'm pretty excited about. So reminds me like a far side calendar. Yeah. You rip one off every day, right? Yeah. Very nice. 365 days of Star Wars, baby. Woohoo! I'm excited. Um, so I didn't get a present, uh, but I did come up with a new Star Wars holiday tradition. Star Wars adjacent, at least. Okay. Um, and Tab and I have agreed that we're going to do this every year because we enjoyed it so much. Um, okay. So we watched. Jingle all the way. Arnold nice. Schwarzenegger's 1996 the holiday the classic, which I forgot that his son in that movie because I haven't seen it mm-hmm. in a long time is played by Jake Lloyd. Yeah, and huh. he whines a lot in it, and so every time he would whine, I would quote Anakin from Episode One, and then Tab and I would both laugh. Yeah, so he would be like, Dad, you never keep your promises. And then I'd, I'd look at Tab and go, are you an angel? Or, yippee! <laughs> or, I like it. you know, et cetera, et cetera. Et was, cetera, it was, yeah. <laughs> it was very fun. I thought you were going to say whenever he would whine, you would whine and take a big drink of like a red or a white wine as you're watching and like 
Turn it into a drinking game. No, nah, that's more tabs. more of an advanced that's mode. more mm-hmm. smooth than mine. Mm-hmm. Oh, called out. It was She's a, a lush. It's a, a, Whoa, double called out. <laughs> <laughs> this, is how I, this is how I check to see if she actually listens to these. You guys, uh, that's going to be another security question. Yeah. Is yeah. Josh's fiance a lush? You got to <laughs> listen to find out, guys. I, th- I think we're going to have a lot of security questions that we could put up uh, on access to things. It's a very good code. Future. It's a very good code. Now, do you guys, en- are you do you guys enjoy the Jingle All the Way movie? Yeah, I love it. Yeah? It's, it's, it's quintessential it's a 90s movie. Or- uh, no, for real. Like, it's, a, it's a, I think, a little bit of an underrated Christmas movie, right? It's uh, yeah. Sinbad, Arnold Schwarzenegger, you got Jake Lloyd, um, Phil Hartman is in it. Yeah. He plays the uh, creepy... Uh, neighbor that's that's uh trying to seduce uh short um I can't remember Arnold's wife's name in it but uh you know making cocoa and cookies for all the ladies in the neighborhood um and then the only Sinbad movie I watch is the genie one the no. Shazam Shazam no. yeah no <laughs> this isn't the Mandela Effect podcast <laughs> <laughs> I'm interested in that podcast though if anyone's having it. <laughs> I'm sure it exists. <laughs> I'll subscribe. If not, be a guest. Nice. Uh, but yeah, a little bit of a underrated Christmas movie. So for those that have not seen Jingle All the Way, check it out. You can probably still get it somewhere. I don't know where. Probably out but there you on have Netflix. Not, or... You have not seen it, Kyle? I have not seen oh. Jingle All the Way. Oh. I've not Next seen Christmas. Jingle Some of the Way. Next Christmas, I'm coming down to Cincinnati, and we're going to watch it on VHS. Are we going to Jingle All the Way? Oh, on VHS. I'll have to to buy a VCR. I had to think for a second about what a VCR was called. Oh, my gosh. It also also stars uh, Jim Belushi and The Big Show. Oh, that's right. He was the Santa. What's his last name? Yeah. Paul White. Wasn't he? He was like one of the Santa clauses in that movie. Yeah. Yes. The hell of a Santa. He was the large Yeah, there's a a story behind it. But yes, he's... uh, he gets in a little scuffle with Arnold. Let's just, we'll put Did it I that Jim way. Jim meant, yeah, Jim Belushi. Wait, yes. Wait. Yes. Okay, huh? Never mind. Uh, there's a Belushi in it. Yes. Wasn't the guy that played uh, Booger in Revenge of the Nerds in it too? Doesn't he play the dog? Um, oh, maybe. That I think he's right. in, I think he's in the dog Plays suit. Plays the dog? <laughs> See, Kyle's like, like, I see it to find out. It's like, I have to see see this movie now. I could be be way wrong on that, but um, I think he's in there and he plays the, what's it, Blatt Booster? Booster, yeah. Booster, I think. Nobody likes Booster. Nobody likes Booster, but he's in the parade. He's in this Booster outfit. I think that's him. I could be way wrong with that, but anyway. anyway, in this movie? (laughs) What? There's furries in this movie. This is I, weird. It's it is a it is an interesting movie, but uh, the the end of it it's is very. Um, and, and my dad said this the other day. We were watching um, Polar Express, and we we both kind of agreed that that is the worst train ride ever for kids because it is a complete danger fest on this train ride just to go to the North Pole. And uh, the the end of end of Jingle All the Way is very similar to um, if you ever watch old parades from from the late eighties, early nineties, and what they were doing off these parade floats was uh, a little little scary, little little sketchy. So, um, 
But but we've time. got a simpler time. Yeah, very simpler time. Uh, no guardrails in a lot of that stuff either. Well, built by back the empire. Then. Built by the empire. Uh, but we've got a ton of other Trying stuff to come to back talk to Star about. Wars here. Yeah, finally. bring it back to Star Wars. Uh, not a movie, uh, but we did get a little bit of a treat on Christmas Day uh, as well, which was Mandalorian Gallery. Figgy pudding. Oh, well, well you know. <laughs> I don't I mean, even know what figgy pudding somebody is. Somebody apparently brought really Kyle either. some figgy pudding. Uh, not me. It was, I, uh, I don't even know. What is figgy pudding? I've never had it. I don't know. I don't, I don't, know. I don't, I don't know. Um, but we got. Someone send me some figgy pudding and I'll <laughs> do a, a recap of it. I don't there, know. There you go. Um, ooh, speaking of sending treats, Josh did send me gingerbread Oreos. And if you can find them, folks. And you have not tried them yet. You have to like. You have to try them. They are as good <laughs> as advertised per Josh. They are delightful. And after we get done recording this show, I am going to go enjoy some with a nice I'm glass so of eggnog. I didn't send him any. <laughs> yes, he is a little mad. He's getting, yeah, he's getting a helmet. Though. I got a Christmas card, so I mean, hey, I you, bought the helmet. You didn't. Jeez, you, didn't bring up, you didn't bring up the Oreos like I like he did, though. That's that's the thing. That's true. Mm. Mm. I enjoyed them. Though. Next time you mention, well, wh- I'm going to bring up something that's like a little bit uh, like oh, man, higher scale I, than Oreos. Man, I love caviar. It's <laughs> a really nice car you have. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they are delectable, though. So if you can find them out there, buy them, try them. Let us know what you think. Uh, I I enjoyed them just plain, but I'm going to try them with some eggnog after this and see if it's any good. So. Hey, this is Dominic Pace, who played Gecko the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian. Happy to be your Star Wars friend. You're listening to the Star Wars Friend Show. This is Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith, and you are listening to the Star Wars Friends Show. Do not underestimate the power of this podcast. Uh, But we got Mandalorian Gallery, Christmas Day. Uh, It's one episode. We don't have the the weekly drop that we had before or the, the run that we had before. It's just one episode. It's roughly 45 minutes to an hour in length. Um, and they covered the whole season in, in one show. There's no multiple shows. It's my understanding that they did not want to meet, uh, during the holidays to, to talk just because of COVID they didn't want to, they didn't want to, uh, risk the, the spread of COVID. So they didn't do anything on site. I'm a little confused though, why they didn't do any like zoom interviews or calls and kind of Same. mesh that together. Cause I, I, you know, they had to have shot a ton of footage while recording all these shows and, and putting them together. So I'm a little confused as why we only got one and it's 45 minutes when we probably could have had a lot more behind the scenes footage and some zoom calls or interviews uh, with the actors and directors past that but uh maybe we'll get more content once covid's over i don't know i don't know and uh, their fingers crossed probably a long shot but this did just come out the week following the last episode of season two so Mm -hmm. it's still possible that they could record some zoom calls and and put together some other behind the scenes footage and, and put out some more gallery episodes down the road, especially because we do have so long before the next episode. Uh, that's probably a pipe dream, but it is possible. So, you know, True. we can, we can always hope. Yep. Yep. What do you, 
what did you guys get out of gallery? What did you enjoy? What did you like to see? What did you take from it? Maybe that you didn't know happened previously while they were recording or like something maybe like that was that you had no idea happened. Well, right at the very, very beginning, as soon as they started, they, they welcomed everybody back to Huckleberry and flashed Huckleberry up on the, right on the, on the volume on the screen, um, which I have not heard them call it that. Maybe they mentioned it in season one of gallery and I forgot somebody can correct me on that. But, um, I thought that was kind of cool that they had a, like a secret name for it. That's also a star Wars thing with blue all the way back to blue harvest and all that stuff. So Mm -hmm. uh, I thought it was interesting. I'd like to hear a story about where that name came from. I thought they had teased that in the, when they were leading up to the show before they had announced the actual show title, the Mandalorian, I thought that was what they kind of teased at was Huckleberry, but um, I could be wrong. I know they, one of the character, one of the action figures when it was first announced through Hasbro was named Huckleberry. And that was the, um, the main character of the Mandalorian was that first figure. I think that they labeled Huckleberry. I could be wrong. I'd have to go back and double check. What do you got, Josh? It's definitely in my headspace somewhere. Um, we've definitely heard it in, like you said, we've heard it in reference to something, but I couldn't place it. Mm. Mm hmm. I am I am just the thing that I got out of this though with every episode because they went back through all all 8 of the episodes this season through 16 the thing that I got out of this though was the volume is just more impressive than the first season and what they can do with it is just absolutely amazing they were taking the one guy is literally like using an iPad and like rotating it around he's like oh i'm trying to find the perfect evening night lighting changing and he's just changing the sky with an ipad for this giant what they say was 100 feet by it's 100 feet long by 50 feet tall 40 feet tall 50 feet tall yeah yeah, something like that so he's just adjusting this entire environment and then there was another clip where the one guy said well you know we really wanted to play with what we could do with scenery with the volume so for the episode 15 when they go to rescue migs from the scrapyard he said they literally took what like eight or ten tie fighter uh vehicles and they cut them up and chopped them up and they built like a little diorama yeah. yeah they just built a little diorama they took pictures of it they videoed it and literally threw that up onto the wall of the volume, and you see like little scenery set pieces in front of it, and that's where they're working. That represented that whole scrapyard. But when you see it in the actual show and what they're recording, it doesn't look anything like a a diorama or anything fake. It looks real. It looks so real. Well, I, I noticed they mentioned the inside of slave one and how it was rotating and mm-hmm. how complicated that would have been to do as a classic practical effect. And you, I mean, you can imagine how difficult that would be, but then they just built the seating area and yeah. the, the tab and the whole room just rotated around them. And I thought that was so impressive because that was a scene that we actually talked about on the show about how cool that was seeing the inside of, slave one like that and it was a hundred percent seamless uh it for all i know it could have actually been a spaceship it looked so real yeah and and like you said they talked about 
how they've been not only building models, which if you're a hardcore Star Wars nerd, I think you probably love that because you love to see the classic practical effects and the models and, and these these visuals that Star Wars is famous for since the very beginning, but now they're they're scanning them and uploading them into the volume and they've got these classic techniques kind of with the modern technology and we're getting the best of both worlds and it's like mm-hmm. what a time to be alive, huh? And they said that the capital ship I think Moff Gideon's capital ship, what they say was five or six feet long. Five feet long? It was five feet long, and then they just kind of put some little lighting back in there, and they had some scale TIE fighters in there, and that's what they shot. All of that was just, you know, model shooting. It was was so cool. I love to see that. It's so cool. It's Um, wild what they're able to do with just practical models and stuff it's it's really cool and it's in like kyle said it's nice that it's a throwback to the techniques that they basically pioneered in the 70s yeah oh yeah josh what what did you enjoy seeing during the show that maybe you didn't know they were doing as far as uh recording or anything like with the relationships with the characters or anything like that Oh, you asked me, you framed my question in a way, I was like, I was like formatting my answer in my head, and then you asked it in a different way, and so, I'm not going to answer your question, I'm going to answer the question I thought you were going to ask me instead. You're good, go ahead. (laughs) So, the thing that wasn't surprising, or in my rational brain, it's not surprising, because we already kind of know, but just thinking about all of the drama that's been on other sets, and you hear about like people being terrible, and you hear, and you hear, there's rumors about, oh well, this actor left because of this, or all sorts of things. But just, and obviously, gallery is not going to film like people having arguments and stuff. But it just seemed like everyone they interviewed, all of the shots on. Um, the set and stuff, people are just having a good time. People love what they're doing. They show Dave and, and John nerding out. So much John is like yes. so engaged in everything when he's telling people like what he wants to do. It just, it just seems like everybody really loves what they're doing and wants to be there. Mm-hmm. And that, that's really refreshing to me. For sure. I, I love that too. And it, it seems, and it's probably obvious to us because we are so passionate about Star Wars, but you can see everybody involved in this project is just giving it everything they have. And I, I really, really appreciate that. And I, I loved that you mentioned uh, Dave and, and John, and we saw them discussing a lot of stuff with each other. And obviously they're both extremely involved in the entire process, but I think we probably all appreciate that Dave Filoni was on deck to rein John Favreau in yes. a little bit when he's trying to have the Mando say McClunky <laughs> when he shoots out the light in episode one. Yeah. Give me a break. That like, would have been corny. Laughing. That would have been corny. He's like, you can't do that. Dave's like, <laughs> he's like, like when you, you say it, that. it doesn't even sound right. Yeah, you can't do that. Can you imagine if they decided to make McClunky the dank ferret? Of this uh, oh, season, and they're just saying uh. it like seven times an episode. Holy crap! <laughs> mm. We did, that we did get it what once or twice. 
Uh, what, uh, Dank Farrick? No, McClunky. Ooh, Dank Farrick, we got a lot. McClunky, though. Uh, Bib yes. Fortuna. Bib Fortuna said it, yeah. Said it at the end, but I thought somebody else earlier in the season said it, too, and I can't remember who it yeah, was. John was really pushing for that. He yeah, he would find a way to get it in tell, there. You just, like, edging him on, and he's like, yeah, we'll just have him say McClunky here, and Dave's like, no, you, you can't do that. <laughs> but they're both laughing about it, just having a good thing. time. Yeah. It was great. It was great. And that's, uh, you're right, Josh, the, the personal relationships between the actors and actresses and the directors that we got in all of these episodes was phenomenal. There were so many different directors and each one brings a different style or a different flair and they direct very different, but all of them were respected by the actors. Uh, they learned a lot from those that were directing I mean, they cared again. You're right. They cared about the project that they were doing. Uh, you know, Bryce between Bryce Dallas Howard, Peyton Reed, uh, Rick Famuyiwa, Carl, we- Carl, I almost said Carl Weathers, uh, Carl Weathers, Robert Rodriguez, and even Dave Filoni. They're all different. They all had so much different style. You t- heard them talking about Bryce Dallas Howard, and they were like, she brings so much positivity to the set and, and encouragement to these characters huge fan of hers yeah uh you know uh robert rodriguez was playing his guitar the entire time but you had ming ming na Wen over there going you know he's playing that guitar the whole time but you know his head is just going a mile a minute and he's just got all these ideas rolling around in his head uh it, carl weathers he brought so much experience from shooting action sequences um and from being a, a former pro athlete he knows how to take a punch and how to how to recreate those scenes and how to get people into the action. So it was cool to see all these different directors doing each one of these episodes. And to your point, Kyle, where where Dave and John were kind of able to take take a step back and let them do their thing, but still there to to kind of guide in the direction that they wanted to go. I I got the impression that uh, those guys were maybe running like. Um, the secondary crew, like they were doing the, um, the B camera or something like that. And they were basically on, on every single episode and mm-hmm. not just the ones that Dave was specifically directing. And, um, I think that's cool to see how, how they were really getting in there and getting their hands dirty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's nice to see star Wars with different directors, but with someone above the directors, making sure that the story stays cohesive. Yes. Josh, are you throwing shade? Don't. This is not what we're here to do today. I got my umbrella. (laughs) Throwing some shade. We uh, we certainly got a lot of um, we got a lot of skinny Gamorrean cage fighting uh, in gallery. I'm glad they mentioned it, and they said (laughs) these are these guys are different. These are the cage fighters. They're not like the stocky Gamorrean guards. I thought of you. I thought of you when they said that. Yep. That's I don't want anything to do with these skinny Gamorians. I'm that I stand firm by that opinion, but I'm I'm glad it was at least addressed. But yeah, it was they addressed a ton in this show. They even talked let's talk about the crate dragon. So the crate dragon, they, when they first started putting it together, well, they were as like, an amateur Star Wars zoologist, they didn't really tell me anything I didn't know, but <laughs> uh, I guess it was good for you lay people. <laughs> but it, they talked about like how it would move through the sand and they they uh, you know, uh, they talked about the, you never really see the whole thing. You only see from the neck up 
kind of very much like Jaws, right? And that's what I makes it. I thought it was funny how he said they had to just keep scaling it up and up yeah, and up and up yeah. and up. And it what did he started, say? They started at like, like 150 feet, feet. And ended at 150 or something. Yeah. Or started at 150, ended at 600. It, it got huge. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and then finally John's like, yeah, that looks more like it. And like it got to scale and it was just this this huge thing. It, but it was cool because they kind of talked about it and they were like, well, as as it grows, it grows more legs, which allows it to push itself through the sand. But then they were legs like, we well, never saw. Yeah, legs we never saw. Uh, or it liqu- they were saying it uses some kind of sound wave or, I don't know, something yeah, that... they, they kind of like... Uh, the semantics yeah, you know, of... Some, so that, bah, 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 and, you know, liquid sand. And, yeah. yeah. That's how it works. Yeah, it, but it was cool because they were like, they gave a little bit of a story to it. You never saw it happen. They, they never explained it. it, but they thought it out a little bit. And that was super cool to see. Um. You know, in that same, in the episode that we just talked about with the Gamorrean Guards, we got a little bit of John Leguizamo in there, uh, and you had Favreau clearly talking about, we're going for a mobster-like, uh, Godfather-esque type scene with this cage fighting and, and crime world syndicate here, and it was very cool to see. That was one of my favorite parts of the show, was getting to see John Leguizamo and Pedro and John Favreau work through that scene. And uh, you could see him read it different. The He read the line and he got notes and then he read it different. And I, that was like a really cool thing. I'm as a non actor at all. That was a really cool thing for me to see them like working through that process. I really liked that. Hi, this is Kevin Kiner, composer for Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels. I'm happy to be a Star Wars friend. Hey, Star Wars friends, it's Josh, your favorite Star Wars friend and the resident John Williams One Percenter. Do you want to be a John Williams One Percenter like me? Well, here's a piece of John Williams trivia to help you push up your glasses at the other 99%. Did you know that John Williams has 52 Academy Award nominations in his career to date? The only other person with more nominations is some guy named Walter Disney? Never heard of the guy. Make sure to stay on target and listen to the Star Wars Friends podcast every week for more John Williams content. Join this episode of the Star Wars Friends Podcast. Subscribe to the Star Wars Friends for weekly episodes featuring the latest news, in-depth analysis, fan questions, and conversation on all things Star Wars. If you're enjoying the Star Wars Friends, please leave us a review on whatever podcast app you're listening on. And make it a great one. Now, back to the Star Wars Friends. What'd you think of Kyle? What'd you think of the graffiti? That was because it was a cool process to see. Like, yeah, it was. Is it David Cho? Is that his name? David Cho? Did I get that right? The graffiti I, I artist. Didn't write it down, so I'm not going to pretend I, I remember. I think that's uh, it. I could I, be wrong. If I if I get I it wrong, I thought it turned out awesome, and I thought it was really cool that this fan got to be involved, and I mm-hmm. thought it looked great in the background, and I thought it was hilarious that when those 
first shots came out, I think in the trailer, people were like zooming in and analyzing it and trying to like make all these pred- and turns out it's literally just a bunch of Star Wars images like Dave was throwing a fulcrum symbol up there mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. there's Jawas and there's it means nothing all of it means nothing it's it's strictly to look cool and it looks super cool uh and I thought that was hilarious to me too like it's certainly not as deep <laughs> As it was cracked up to be by a lot of people, which I, I mean, thought was, it made it better to me, not worse. We were so. analyzing it on here, so. Yeah, we were. Yeah, we, yeah, were yeah, we were like, sure. oh, did you see that? Was that it's got to be Lothal. That's, that's Sabine's, uh, you know. Like. <laughs> yeah. But it was, it was cool because all it was was literally the story, almost the story of Star Wars painted on a mural. Because the one had like the Death Star with like white, white X through it. And then there was some TIE fighters with some little pew pews coming out of them. Um, he was showing that was like the first layer and then yeah. he built layers on top of it like like real life graffiti it's mm-hmm. not it's not a mural it's somebody just sprays their their piece of art on top of the last thing on top of the next thing and it's mm-hmm. just this living I one of them said that it's like this living piece of art that's constantly mm-hmm. changing and I think John yeah. John said his Got kid it. was spray painting on it too wasn't he didn't he say yeah, like, I, he, like he was doing was it and his kid was doing there. it? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, that's, that's pretty cool. And you can get a, a, a piece of that artwork that'd be something to have because you never know who drew what up there. So um, it, it gave us a lot of insight to um, the actors, but I, I don't think we got a lot of, you know, we had clearly some of the more well-known actors like, um, like uh, uh, what's her name, Gina Carano and um, Pedro Pascal, kind of talking about some of these episodes. More of the main actors. Which spe- speaking of, mm-hmm. I felt like for a second that Gina might have had a little bit of a crush on Rick. Like she was really feeling him. Yeah, like oh, she yeah. had to cut herself off for a second and be like, "I just really like to work with him." Yeah. They were like, uh, "I I was I was catching a vibe from her." That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> um, but they they interviewed more of the larger named characters. So there was a lot of Ming-Na Wen. There was a lot of Gina Carano. There was a lot of Pedro Pascal. It didn't seem like there was a lot of interview, uh, interview content with other actors, right? Josh, did you get that maybe they had only, I don't want to say scaled that to the main actors, or do we think that they just didn't have enough time to like get all of the good content from some of these other actors? I was actually really confused by this because, um, well, they they didn't interview Rosario, uh, Mercedes, or Katie, and then they also they didn't interview uh, Tamora. No, no, yeah, they well, did they, interview Tamora a little He's, bit, yeah, yeah, but they it didn't make sense. To, I I think they pieced some stuff together from other things. Um, I think I'm pretty sure the Pedro Pascal stuff is from a different interview that they just put in there because it fit. Um, but it was weird to me that they, like, there was an interview segment from the Gunslinger f- that uh, that fought with Mando uh, in the Ahsoka episode. Like, there was a little interview segment with him. So they obviously were doing like newer people from this season between that and the one with uh, Tamora and they obviously wanted to focus on it because they like specifically mm-hmm. talked about each one of them in the behind the scenes stuff and showed a lot of 
those three ladies, but they never, they didn't actually get any interview time, which I thought was kind of strange. It's but, uh yeah, what it's a uh, what's his name from Tombstone? Yeah, um, I couldn't remember his name. They, yeah, and and I know Rosario. There was a little clip of like Rosario, and she was excited. She's like, "Oh, we have a scene together," and she was super excited Timothy about the Oliphant. No, not him. No, 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 not him. Um, it's from Tombstone. The oh, what is his name? Shoot. Um, oh, the guy from the Ahsoka episode. Yeah. Yes, he's the uh, like right hand man. Either. I can't remember his name now. Um, but yes, but he's, Timothy Oliphant. They didn't interview either. He's another no. one. That they yeah, didn't. I was surprised by that. He he said like two words yeah i think the whole thing yeah and that was that was it like so there was a lot missing i think from an interview standpoint with some of these larger named actors that they had throughout the course of the season but hopefully if we get you know more gallery episodes that will be there because i'd love to see a breakdown of like each episode and have them talk whether if it's 20 30 minutes i don't care i would love to see just a breakdown of what they have for that that episode for 20, 30 minutes. I really loved in the first season where we got to see the creatives all sitting around a table and mm-hmm. and and discussing their process with each other. I I find that super super interesting. So yeah. fingers crossed. Maybe we can hit the social medias and and pressure Disney Lucasfilm into giving us more gallery content. So let's go back to let's go back to Ahsoka here for a little bit. So I I really enjoyed the discussion about her lightsabers. Did you guys catch that? They yeah. they had made her lightsaber, and because of all the electronics and uh, stuff that they had to put in it, her lightsabers kept getting bigger and bigger and thicker. And and Dave basically looked at it and went, "No, this isn't right. Can't it can't look that. like it can't look like this." And so they had to like scale Which, it. Why back. didn't he look at the Leku? All right, sorry, I'll give it a rest. <laughs> I, I, if we're gonna pay that much attention to the lightsabers, can we get her head right? Okay. <laughs> um, Moving on. I hear you. Are you I casting it. shade, Kyle? <laughs> um, I don't really cast it. I throw it. I throw it. That's over true. I, I said casting shade, and I was like, "That's not what the kids say." <laughs> and, and and they didn't really. They didn't touch on it at all. They didn't talk about the Leku. They didn't talk about her headpiece. Which you have? They did show her. They did show them putting it on. They did show the makeup process of her, you know, going through the face paint with the. And I loved the like facial stencil thing. That was pretty cool. Uh, They did show that process, and then they did have you could see her hair um, in a ponytail uh, coming out the back, and then they kind of fit the Leku up over top of the ponytail, which was pretty cool. Um, but they did not discuss that. But I thought it was very cool that they talked about the lightsabers. They did show those lightsabers very clearly uh, on the table, and they actually had, like, two different sets. Um, and they talked about that a little bit where it just didn't look right, so they had to go back to it. And what they say? They ended up stripping a lot out of it, but then had to put, like, a Some battery kind of external pack. Battery pack. External battery pack to, like, get the size down. Uh, but I loved, loved, loved seeing them lit up and hearing them talk about how when she lights them up in, in, in certain poses, how it casts that light on her face. And it's very hard to shoot that. Uh, and it was just kind of an interesting thing to see how lighting just from something like a lightsaber is very technically difficult to do on camera. I thought that was really cool. That's what I really appreciated about it, too, was the light reflecting off of the sabers and how that would be picked up by the camera because obviously when they're holding the the stick like they do in the maybe all the movies up till now I'm not really sure but uh you don't get that reflection obviously and especially with Ahsoka's double 
bright white blades that's and her orange face that's such a a drastic difference and i think it they not only were able to do it but they utilized it in really interesting ways with her being in darkness and then turning them on and turning them off and all that kind of stuff and they they talked they talked about the character ahsoka not just rosario playing the character Dave, Dave and George's creation. They talked about that, uh, and they gave you know. I little, appreciated that they yeah. mentioned Ashley. Yeah, they. I was just going to say you, you'd mentioned on here that they gave a shout out to Ashley, and they talked about how she really laid a lot of the groundwork for the character and who she was. Um, I found I thought it was uh, was it was it Dave or um, it may have been Dave had said. She really did her homework. Rosario really did her homework on the character. Yeah. And I thought that was really, really cool. So, um, you know, there's these actors and actresses don't just show up, read a script, and then jet out of there. All of these actors that, that are on this program, just like the directors, are Star Wars fans and they care about the content 100%. And they will give it 110% in their delivery of. The product so it, it's 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 awesome to see so um kyle what else did you get out of out of gallery there's tons of stuff in here um, we, could, we could go on for hours well i a cup two really quick things like i i love the artistic process um that's really interesting to me i like i like understanding things in in a more technical way that's how my brain works so I really enjoyed watching the directors work with the actors and the the crew. And and one there's two that stood out to me. Uh one because it's something that we talked about and that I really noticed is John was explaining John Favreau was explaining when they when the night owls with Din are are taking over that cruiser in that episode the three night owls go in and they're like a, they're like a band that's been together for 30 years. They're super tight and they know what the other one's going to do. And they're like a well-oiled machine. Mm-hmm. And, and, and John was explaining, you know, Din, he's not going to be a part of this. So he should be mostly like kind of watching them a step behind. Um, and that's obvious to me. And I, I think that was a, a really good choice. And I thought it was interesting to see them having that discussion and explaining why that would be. And, and similar to that, uh, I really enjoy Bryce Dallas Howard on like anything, many levels, <laughs> but she, uh, it was really brief, but she grabbed the money out of, there was these two aliens sitting in one of the bars and yes. her, cantinas or whatever and she grabbed the money out of the man's hand and she's like can she pay the bill in my ladies pay in my universe and Mm -hmm. i just thought Mm -hmm. like a i love a powerful woman in general but b that attention to detail and that consideration of like all these things down to who is specifically handling handling the money and paying the bill in the background of the scene i I just love that i really I really enjoyed both of those things. And it, and it may be something that doesn't even make it to the production that you see in the show that we see in the show on Disney plus. It's just something happening right. in the background that they're still shooting, but you're right. It's that attention to detail to put those things in like, no, she's going to pay, not him. 
in in what they do. Like Frog Lady, there was a whole bunch of content on Frog Lady, and um, was it Misty Rosas who plays Frog Lady? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And just the exceptional job that she does in putting emotion and feeling into a character where you can't. I mean. It's they're very that limited. Whole episode, there was no human faces, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, and they're limited. X wing pilots. Yeah, uh, you know, she's trying to like use her body to tell the story and the emotion that's going on with her in that episode. And they, I mean, she just same thing with Quill that she did in season one. She does an exceptional job of putting that out there for people to see and understand what she's trying to say. Much like we say about Pedro Pascal, you can't see his face most of the time because of the helmet. But he does a good job exuding those feelings and motions with his body language through uh, through the show and telling the story. So the the last couple of things that I noticed um, are are really quick, and that'll pretty much sum up the gallery for me. But um, a one of the when Dave was getting interviewed on like it looked like he was sitting on a porch or something. Who knows? They could have done anything with like the, the miracle of, of uh, movie making, but he was wearing this zip up hoodie with the 332nd logo, like embroidered on the chest of it. That was so cool. If anybody mm-hmm. knows where I can get one, Dave, I know you're a fan of the show. If you can get me one, that would be amazing. I'll, I'll uh, pay the the markup. I'm not worried about it. Um, pay the markup. <laughs> yeah, like whatever the, you know, the two hundred percent Disney I've already markup. tried this. I'm well, still um, waiting. <laughs> fingers crossed. Doesn't hurt to ask, right? Yeah. You miss one hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Um, I thought Congrats it was funny, Michael Scott. What, <laughs> Michael Scott? Yeah, I thought it was funny when uh, George Lucas was on set and Rosario told Grogu that he was her uh, great great grandfather or something yeah. like that or his great great grandfather i thought that was funny oh yeah and um the the costume lady i should have written down her name i apologize she's also a fan of the show i sorry i forgot your name <laughs> but um she was saying how it really hits the actors once they finally put that costume on and i think that's something yes. i've heard other actors say about the star wars franchise but uh, she said you could see Tamara Morrison's whole, po- she called him Tim, uh, whole posture change when he put on Boba Fett's mm-hmm. armor, which like, if you can't stand a little taller and stick your chest out when you're wearing Mandalorian armor, then I don't know what's wrong with you. But yeah. uh, I-, I thought that was really cool to to see, too, that like, you know, you're never too old to be like, man, this is really cool, right? Speaking of Tem, that is the name of Tamara Morrison's 2014 uh, music album where he does Ooh. acoustic covers of classic songs. That nice. A couple, a couple of them are really good, too, actually. Yeah. He we got a whole thing about this. We'll fill you in later. He was playing yeah. guitar there for a little while at the end of the gallery yes, there. he was. He was playing uh, Robert Rodriguez's guitar. Hey, this is Gary Widow. Very proud to be a Star Wars friend. You are listening to the Star Wars Friends Podcast.
looking for fun and excitement without having to join the First Order or Resistance? Come join your Star Wars friends and experience the fun and excitement at Canto Bight Hotel and Casino located on the beautiful planet of Cantonica. Our state-of-the-art facility offers a beautiful Fathia racetrack, all the newest hollow tables, and the finest libations and cuisine across the galaxy. Enjoy top-notch entertainment nightly such as Figrin Dan and the Modal Nodes, the Max Rebo Band, and Arodia Ventifoli. Witness some of the fastest sky racing in the galaxy with first-rate pilots Hype Phazon. Hype Phazon is in the building! Tora Doza. Where's my cute little furball? Freya Fenris and Griff Halloran. Okay, I still don't get why we all had to come along. Just listen to some of our happy guests. Oi! Misa love Canto Bite Hotel and Casino. Misa win muy muy credits. Whether you're here for relaxation or excitement, the Canto Bite Hotel and Casino can provide whatever you desire. There is so much to do here. Odds are, you'll have the time of your life. Maybe. Gambling problem? Reach out by Holland to the New Republic Gambling Addiction Hotline. The number is 800-IMI-NDBT. The brand is 800-IMI-NDBT. One more time, the number is 800-IMI-NDBT. This advertisement has been brought to you by the Star Wars Friends. Please come responsibly. Uh, well, let's let's go on to Boba Fett here for a little bit. So there was a lot of content in in gallery on that specific episode about the return of Boba Fett and Robert Rodriguez's take on the return of Boba Fett. And one thing that I found very interesting that he said in there, he he basically said, this episode is about Boba Fett. I've got one shot to pack as much Boba Fett in this episode as I can, because I don't know, we don't know if we're going to see him again at, at yes. that point in the episode. So I thought it was super cool that he just basically I, I don't even want to, I don't even like went like Mach 10. He turned it up to like 12 on the dial beyond he 10. He turned like a three page fight scene into nine, nine minutes, minutes or something like that. Yeah, that's crazy. Because he wanted to pack everything that he could in there and, and his, him talking about how he did it and kind of formulated it in his head was super cool. I loved that he put his kids in stormtrooper helmets and he used yeah. action figures to whipped out the figures his own like choreographed fight scene in the 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 scene that you see where Boba Fett pops up behind the stormtrooper and he just beats him he just backhands him with the with his gaffy stick right is what you see Robert Rodriguez film with his kids I mean yeah, I don't right. he doesn't real. actually like backhand his kid in the head but it <laughs> Not on I, camera anyway. It, it looked really, really cool. Um, Josh, as as the resident Boba Fett expert, what did you think about all this? What I, I, talk about Robert Rodriguez a little bit. Talk a little bit about, I guess, for your love as a Boba Fett, uh, for your love for Boba Fett. What I guess maybe he did for you within that one episode. Well, what came across to me is that Robert is just one of us one of the Boba yes. Fett fans, yep. but he happens to also be an incredible filmmaker um, who's put in the right place at the right time. I'm really, I'm really glad uh, that he was the one to take this episode and it makes sense that it was 
you know, pulled off exactly the way that it was and with as much success because this is someone who cares a lot about um, how this is presented and knows exactly what it means to people. And, you know, to even go to the length of, you know, shooting it with his kids in his backyard with his kids and the action figures and stuff. And, mm-hmm. um, and I love that moment where he says, you know, to, he, Dave's like, wait, did you do this with action figures? And he was like worried about it. And then Dave's like, no, that's the coolest thing yeah. ever. Or whatever he said. Yeah. Um, that, yeah. So yeah, Ro- obviously Robert Rodriguez was the, the right, the perfect person at the right time. So yeah. and I'm really glad we got, we got him on that episode. Yep, and, w- and we got a little bit more of him, you know, through the the remaining uh, two episodes after that, and then uh, he's obviously got his own show coming uh, at the end of or what late twenty twenty one. So super excited for that. But yes, it was so cool to see Robert Rodriguez's love for that character and for him to bring him to life like that and pack so much action there. He had his own gaffy stick, custom gaffy stick, which I thought that was the coolest thing ever. He's like. He's trying to pull in some of his traditional. Uh, I think he said Maui. Is that right? Did he say uh, his. Yeah, like, I've been pronouncing it wrong my entire the entire time I've known the word. Um, but yeah, I, I can't remember exactly how he said it now. But he was Tamara Morrison was on set doing the haka. Yeah, showing them the haka, and they were trying to pull some of that. Um, and I thought he said Maui uh, tradition into uh, the fight scenes and use yeah. it. You could see it when he was like stomping the ground and hitting some of those mm-hmm. poses. It was really cool. Mm-hmm. I wish we would have had audio for that part though. Cause like the yelling yeah. and stuff yes. is a really big part of the Haka. Yes. And you could see him, you could see his fit cause he had a um, balaclava on his head. So you could only see his face. Um, but he was, you could see he's clearly yelling it while he's on that rock doing it. And it was just so cool to see. Um, and I, I thought the take on him where they said, you know, he is not like a, tri- a, a typical Mandalorian uh, sharpshooter. He's more of a barbarian, mm-hmm. I, I think is how they described it, was his fighting style and how he, uh, just how he has come to grow into this character from the young Boba Fett that we saw in the prequels and in the Clone Wars to what he is now. He has become more of a barbarian type Mandalorian than a, what we see with Bo-Katan and Casca and um, what's the other guy's name? Uh, Axe Woves, Axe Woves. Sorry. I wanted to call him aces. Axe Woves. How they're more of a, some kind of American gladiator name. Yeah. (laughs) How they're more of a precise fighting style team of yeah, Mandalorians. He definitely stands apart from the gunslingers mm-hmm. with his own kind of like smash and bash style. Yeah. Yeah. He would have been one of the bash brothers if he was in the mighty, mighty ducks. ducks. Yes. And I'll wait Reed. for that show. Yep. Fulton Reed. What was the other one? Uh, I can't remember the other remember. one's name. He came in late in the school, the third yeah. one, which he, by, second, I think is the, the best second one. one when they were in the Olympics. Yes. Yes. J- Junior Olympics. He came in. He came no, no, in though no. at the end of the third one, uh, in their game against the Varsity. Which, which for those for those uh, uh, Mighty Duck fans out there, I'm going to go on a limb and say the third one is by far the best character development for Charlie Conway out of the three, bar none, <laughs> bar none. 
still a bit of a stinker all around, but it is. But go, go back and go watch back, it now. Go back and watch it, and watch Charlie's watch the character development in in Charlie Conway and what he learns from his coach and uh, what he sees. And uh, Gordon Bombay makes his appearance, always to level set things with Charlie and uh, puts him back on the winning track again. So love me some. Well, we're just calling you Cake Eater. <laughs> cake eater, cake eater. <laughs> um i love mighty ducks man that's one of my favorite series it, really? it just and gordon bombay <laughs> is by far one of the best coaches out there just saying the minnesota um, miracle man yes yes uh so i one of the things that that i enjoyed seeing in this was the dark troopers i completely thought they were just computer generated that's it you know, they're they're I just was very surprised they were practical. Yeah. I could not believe they were people in suits. People in suits. I was and surprised. they had a bunch of them, like, and they're just standing there and like you could see the arm joints, but then when they talked about it, they said the only thing that we had to edit out was the arm joints, the knee joints, and like the neck or something like that. Yeah, uh, the pistons or something in the neck. Yeah. I thought that was so cool. I did not realize that it was dudes in suits. And now when we go to Celebration 2029 or whatever it is, I'm excited to see people wearing Dark Trooper suits. So that will be really, really cool. I am, uh, I'm jealous if somebody puts one of those things together. So, But that was probably one of my favorite parts. So all around so much to take out of a gallery. And it was one episode for 45 minutes that... You know, I I left when it ended. I I kind of wanted more, and uh, but at the same time, I'm like, okay, it kind of ended. I, did you guys think it kind of ended abruptly, like a little bit at the end? Um, I don't think it ended abruptly in general, but there's a reason that it felt like it ended abruptly, and that's because they didn't talk about Luke Skywalker's appearance in the final what? episode. You mean Luke? Yes, they did not. I know it was weird. Um. You know, they, I did, I, I watched an interesting video on Looper today on, and it was what we had kind of talked about in the last episode, why people don't know who Luke, who Luke Skywalker is, why Moff Gideon and the rest of the people on that bridge were looking at him like, uh, okay, well, you're a Jedi, so okay, here you go. Uh, it was just an interesting video. Uh, if you're, if you follow Looper on Facebook, they just posted it today. Um, just kind of an interesting watch, so. Uh, but yeah, they didn't talk about that. They didn't get to that uh, that big ending on the show. It appears to me that this show, unlike the other show, was filmed... I think a lot of the interview segments were either filmed concurrently with filming or were pieced together from other things. Um, and it wasn't like a, hey, let's all get together way after the fact. So they they I, my assumption is knowing that and seeing how quickly they got this out that having even more Luke content um, would just for people to edit and such is just more opportunity for spoilers. Mm. Yeah. Um, And I mean, that's, that's the only, that's, that's what, what Maggie said that she thought it was. I had asked her because you guys hadn't watched it yet when I first watched it. And, um, it, that, that that seems like the only logical reason why you wouldn't include something like that because obviously fans want to see Mark Hamill on set and all the right. all of the stuff that came along with that scene and stuff. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Uh, and I think there was one more bit uh, that we got out of this 
one episode, Kyle, you had a, a great quote written down here that I think you took out of it that, that was very pertinent yeah, I f- to I the flubbed show. it in my intro, but uh, Dave Filoni said, uh, never stop learning. That's the way of the Jedi. Never stop learning. I, yes. I appreciated that. I wrote it down. Yeah, that is awesome. So, And I think that all of the cast and crew uh, on this show are constantly learning and applying what they learn to the show to make it better. They're finding new ways to create content, and it's it's so it's so cool to see. He was saying that in reference to himself, so um, it's good to hear that people that we would consider to be at you know the the peak of their craft are still trying to mm-hmm. try new things and get better at it. Yeah, yeah. Good advice for everybody. Well, the gallery, Mandalorian, the gallery. The one episode from season two so far uh, is available to watch on Disney Plus right now. It was available Christmas Day. So go out there, check it out uh, if you have not seen it. Um, if you have not seen it yet, we just kind of ruined a lot of it for you. But uh, <laughs> if you have seen it, hopefully you took a lot of those same things out of it that we did. Um, we're going to kind of have kind of a, a shorter episode this week. Uh, we're going to blow this thing and get out of here. Um, but before we do, we're going to talk about some of our favorite things of, uh, 2020 star Wars things that happened in 2020. Do you want to let Josh give us a quick rundown of all these 2020 releases? There's a a handful of them. Yeah. Go ahead, Josh. Okay. Um, yeah. So throughout this was actually a really great year for star Wars. We had, um, of course, some of the best Star Wars, in my opinion, that's ever been produced. We had The Mandalorian Season 2 and the, the revival final season of Clone Wars. We had... Yes. yeah, Masterpieces. We had five comic series run this year. Uh, the Star Wars mainline that was... And these were... All of these except Star Wars Adventures were actually relaunched um, at number one in... Uh, 2020. So you had the main Star Wars line, Star Wars Darth Vader, Star Wars Adventures continued into this year, Star Wars Bounty Hunter, and then Star Wars Dr. Aphra. Mm. Um, we had the Jedi Temple Challenge with Ahmed Best on YouTube, which is pretty mm-hmm. cool. That was really awesome to bring him back into the fold. Um, yeah. And then we had... Uh, I didn't really go through the... like any YA novels, but I don't think we actually got that many this year. But so we, we also had Queen's Peril, Shadowfall, uh, Dr. Aphra audiobook, the Poe Dameron Freefall book, uh, Thrawn Ascendancy, Chaos Rising, which is the first mm-hmm. of another Thrawn trilogy. We had the, from a certain point of view, Empire Strikes Back book. And then we also had that Clone Wars anthology, uh, book that mm-hmm. came out this year. Yep. And then, uh, qu- go ahead. Question: yes. Was there wasn't there also the Alphabet Squadron? That's sequel? Shadowfall. Shadowfall. Mm-hmm. Duh. Okay. Yep. I should. Yeah, I didn't it's put so that, good. that. It's it's very. It's, good. It is so good. That might be the best. Actually, I don't know. Between that and Thrawn, might be the best uh, books that came out this year, in my opinion, at least. Um, mm-hmm. And then to to round that out, we had uh, Star Wars Squadrons come out this year, and then I didn't put it in the list, but I just remembered we also had that. Uh, Batu expansion on the Sims, where you can take your Sims to Batu as go. well. So, True. yeah. Oh, what's the one on Oculus that came out too? Right. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. I I can't afford one of those. So I didn't put it in the list. <laughs> I don't have one either. So um, there is Darth a, Vader thing. 
No, well, Vader Immortal 2, yeah, Vader Immortal 2 came out earlier this year, but then there's the Galaxy's Edge game specific to Oculus Quest, um, where you play as somebody, I think, traveling through there, which which I think there is some Yoda content in there. There's like a Jedi temple on on Batuu, and one of the missions is that you have to go there, so I, I don't... I don't know the name of the game, but um, that came out uh, this year as well. It's more recent, I think, maybe October or so. Um, Maggie's got. I think Maggie's got it. She might have it. I don't know. Yeah, because didn't it like? I think it messed with their eyes pretty bad. Yes, I think so. Or was that Vader Immortal too? Well, so Vader Immortal came out on Oculus la- end of last year, and then, um, and then Star Wars Tales from Galaxy's Edge came out. That's it. That's it. Yeah. So lots of lots of stuff from Star Wars came out this year. Next year, we've got a ton of High Republic coming out right in the beginning, which we're going to cover a lot of High Republic stuff right in the very very beginning as it's coming out. Going to get high on the Republic. Can't yeah, wait for it. About to get high on some Republic. And I know why, why man? Yeah, hey, cause I got high. Republic. 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 Good stuff. Yeah. So, what? Uh, some of your let's let's run down some of our favorite things from this past season, uh, from this year, so for twenty twenty. Um, Josh, let's start with you. What are what are a couple of your favorite items from twenty twenty? All right. My first one I have on this list is a personal one to me. But Tab started reading Star Wars novels this year, and as you guys know, the books are my favorite, but also most niche part of my fandom. And so for her, a casual uh, to start reading novels um, and asking me a million questions um, was a very fun experience. Um, as we said before, or as I have said several times, um, I got my 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 truest wish of Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka Tano and Katie Sackhoff as Bo-Katan um, in live action, which was very great, and I'm I'm surprised I'm still alive. And I'm just I'm just gonna add a you quick did comment. Survive it. Yeah, he's still alive. Uh, did you see how excited Katie Sackhoff was in oh, the so great. Whole costume when when? Was it was it John was in front of her and he's like, yeah, we we've done a little bit of this together before, and he's talking about uh, Clone Wars as Previsla, and the, he was talking a little bit about that. But he's like, but here's here's Bo-Katan in live action, and she was like, and she was just so giddy about it. It was awesome. And Dave even Dave even said that he had said something to her about like maybe we'll be able to mm-hmm. do this in live action down the line, and she had kind of been like. No, and then they had yeah, like whatever. they had a moment, <laughs> like they had like a cute moment where they um like see like see what yeah. happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sorry. No, you're no. It's it's all it's all together. Um, uh, Maggie joined the show this year, uh, bringing some much needed uh, non old white guy uh, perspective to the show. Hey, uh, <laughs> I'm young at heart. <laughs> uh, Ludwig Gorenson's Mando 2 score is some of the best Star Wars music that's oh, yes. ever been written. Um, Agreed. And that's saying something, and it's true. Yeah. yeah. That Ahsoka Lives track is just mm. chef's kiss. Um, and then finally, <laughs> Boba Fett is alive, and he's cool. People like he him. He is alive and cool. Yes. Yeah, there's yes. no denying it now. Yep. He is back. Boba fact. is back. Uh, that's a, a dude. That is a solid list. A good I, list. I don't know. 
we've had so many, you know, in a year that's been hard for a lot of people and everybody across, you know, not just across this country, but globally for a year that has been hard on millions and millions of people. There were definitely some really, really awesome Star Wars bright spots that can cheer you up and, and, and make your day. And just, if you think about it, cheers you up, kind of helps out a little bit and takes some of that stress and tension away. Kyle, what are some of your bright spots of, of 2020 for Star Wars? Well, I'm going to reiterate because it's on my list too. I'm going to reiterate a live action Ahsoka and Bo-Katan. Um, mm-hmm. I think it, it's fair for Josh to say that he, the books are sort of in his niche. I think the animated shows are like very much kind of my corner of the fandom that I really, really am into. And I not that long ago <laughs> did not think there was a chance I would ever get to see either of those two of my favorite characters in the franchise in, in any kind of live action. And uh, we saw both in the course of like a month, which uh, you know, that's mind blowing. So that's, Your favorite that's, character is about to have her own titled show in live action. Yep. It's, it's it hasn't even like fully like sunk in that that's a thing that's happening yet because it's so unbelievable. At yeah. Celebration, where we met, there was barely any Ahsoka merch. Like, there was, right, some, there was some stuff, but there wasn't someone leads their own show level of stuff, and here Not we a, are. And I'm feeling like Diego Luna very much, like, I've been in the Ahsoka game since I was six years old. <laughs> yeah. like, I've been about this life, man. Like, <laughs> so that, that's awesome. And in that same vein... Uh, th- these things kind of all go together. Uh, I'm also the Clone Wars, oh. and specifically the Siege Mwah. of Mandalore, which again, yes. a thing I've been waiting for for years, mm-hmm. years, 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 and assumed that it was just never going to happen at this point. And not only did they do it, but it was everything that I could have hoped it would be, and then way more. And that you just can't say that about pop culture very often. So that I think is like, that's peak star Wars for me, not just 2020, like ever. Yeah. That was amazing. Um, and like you were saying, 2020 has been rough and I sort of coped with some retail therapy. I know other people have done that. I'm um, not going to point any yes. fingers, but, uh, so the, the collectible game for me in 2020 has been pretty nice. I got the, yes. the whole rebel set of black series figures, which, um, that's, I, I love figures. them. Yes. They're gorgeous. I got, I pulled the trigger on not one, but two different sideshow figure. Three different. I'm so proud of you. I am so figures, proud of you for and, that. Uh, <laughs> uh, those are like very, very high ticket, high end items for my collection that I'm excited to get eventually. I'll throw those on 2021 too when they finally come in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I could go on and on about all the crap I've bought, but I really like it all. So I, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm in the vintage collection game now. I'm out of the pop game minus the one pop, but, but then he's I'm back in, in the pop game. I'm in the vintage collection game. I haven't you're more been like a band but I'm that's in. on hiatus. You're not really out of the game. You're just on hiatus. <laughs> I'll do a reunion tour every couple years, but we're mostly out of the pop game. That's awesome. And then um, 
I've really enjoyed doing this show. Of course, um, I enjoy them all the live shows, these recordings with you guys, the ones with everybody, with our guests. Um, I have, I really, really enjoyed, um, Gary Witta. I thought he had mm-hmm. some really Great cool interview. stuff to say. I thought I asked him like just the best question and no, I'm kidding about that, but it was that, a really, that, your religion spirituality <laughs> question was, was, was good. Yes. His answer was good, but yeah. the, I, I really liked that. And actually shout out to Stephen Lynn too. Cause I think he was on our show twice and yeah. both times were awesome. So, um, that's sort of my star Wars high points for 2020. Yeah. I think. Steven, Steven definitely brings a very cool perspective to Star Wars a lot of times that we, as, as a collective group of five, doesn't matter which one of us, he brings in something a lot of times that is off the radar that's just Still super cool. Yeah. yeah, a really, really cool take. So it's always good to have him on uh, and listen to kind of what he's thinking and, and how he interpreted things. So definitely, definitely great guests all year we've had some really really delilah dawson was on gary witta um i absolutely loved the interview with kevin kiner you know when we started that interview i thought oh man i was like this guy's it's gonna be really hard like he seems very kind of like into him like just kind of tight and then as the interview went on dude just opened up and was so cool to talk to and learn about the process of how he creates and how he uh, makes the music for Star Wars. So um, I thoroughly enjoyed that interview. Um, you know, I, I re- I'm going to reiterate some of the things that you guys brought up. Mandalorian Season 2, by far, and Clone Wars, some of the best Star Wars content we've gotten in decades uh, since the original trilogy stuff uh, came out. I, I think it's some of the absolute best Star Wars out there. Uh, squadrons. Um, not because squadrons in and of itself as a game is amazing. It's fun, but I think they probably could have done more with it. But what I love about squadrons is the willingness for game designers and companies to develop more Star Wars content and for them to kind of open up that world of Star Wars a little bit more. You know, we talked about Vader Immortal. We talked about um the Galaxy's Edge game for the Oculus, um, they're opening up a little bit more, uh, you know, Jedi Fallen Order. They're opening up more to developing new game content, which I absolutely love, because for a long time there, that's all you had. You had the books, and you had the video games. And that was it, right? You'd play Rogue Squadron on N64, or you had um, Dark Forces, or some of like the computer games. Uh, you know, you had a couple that came out with uh, Xbox, the original Xbox that came out. So I love. I never had one. (laughs) Um, I love that they're bringing some of that stuff back, and they're willing to make more gaming content, and and still trying to keep it within the Star Wars universe and not get crazy with it. So, um, one thing that I don't have on my list that's uh, you know a little personal to me, uh, because because Josh brought up a personal one to him. My daughter was born in 2020. I absolutely love seeing my daughter in Star Wars clothes um, because I love being able to raise a girl that is a Star Wars fan. 
hopefully turns out to be a Star Wars fan. Let's put it that way. Um, Set her up for success anyway. I, I love to share my fandom with people. And for me to have that opportunity with my daughter and, and teach her about Star Wars and show her Star Wars and things in the universe and say, hey, there are strong female characters in the Star Wars universe that you can not just, you know, what we used to have back with Leia, but there's a multitude of of strong female characters in Star Wars um, or any character that she loves, you know, she could love three PO for all I care. Um, but, she, <laughs> but sharing that fandom with her for me is absolutely be priceless. Um, it, she could be a Beaumont fan. You're out of here. She could be a Beaumont fan. The show. Bad parenting. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna get a baby onesie for that just has Beaumont's face right on the front of it. Dark uh, science. Yeah, dark science right underneath it. Um but one of the I think probably one of the my favorite things from twenty twenty, and this is my last one, is our Friday night live streams with our listeners. To me that was so much fun on a Friday night to get together with you guys and our listeners. About that dope intro music. Yeah, dope intro music. Uh, that was very good. We had swampy water beverages uh, galore. Yeah. We had tinfoil hat theories. We had uh, incredible jokes coming through. We had fun games this year that we got to play with our listeners, uh, trivia-wise. For me, the, the, the live streams with our listeners was so much fun to do. We expanded our podcast game. We took it from just this podcast to video, which was a little frightening at times, but we pulled it together. We managed to get through it and we're putting out some pretty good stuff. So if we've got more coming at you in 2021. So I'm excited to share that with you guys. I'm excited to be on those live streams. And for me that getting to interact with the listeners and, and hear their reactions was so fun. Well, let's plug our uh, next one coming up. Yeah. Uh, we're That's doing our live live stream on Friday the 8th, right? Yep. Will yep. be our first one. Be the first one. Um, in the new year. So be there or be square. Don't be a square, man. Oh, I got it wrong this way. Well, Put it through. I made a rectangle, it anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, I made a rectangle. So, yes, uh, January 8th, uh, first live stream of 2021. Um, we're going to we're gonna get together. We're going to talk. Um, what are we talking about on that one? We're going to talk about a little I know, whatever Republic, I want. Star whatever Wars. Kyle wants. Star Wars. Yeah. No more Billy Madison references with Business Maybe Ethics we'll 101. <laughs> I can't guarantee you I won't bring up Billy Madison. I love some Billy Madison. It's great. So... Yeah, uh, but Friday, January 8th, come join us, 7.30, right? 7.30. Um, you never know. Sometimes we give away prizes. It never ooh, hurts to show up. I, yeah, again, I'm looking at some cool prizes on my table right here. So I have prizes. I'm not going to lie. I may or may not have ordered one of those Thrawn pins to give away. Just saying. <gasps> Don't forget to use the promo code. Oh, yep. Go check out Rebel Art Empire on Etsy and use the promo card promo code SWFriends25 and you can get a discount off your order. Yeah. All right. Anything else, guys? <laughs> Anything else in 2020 that that you love? I love Star Wars. <laughs> I love Lamp. <laughs> You're all clear, kid. Now let's blow it and go home. Get a really good this.
well, let's blow this thing and get out of here, guys. Uh, it's been great chatting with you as always. This is our last show of 2020. Um, it's been real. I look forward to seeing you guys in 2021. Uh, for those that would like to find us on the social medias, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at SW Friends Show. You can also email us at show at StarWarsFriends.com. Uh, my name is Justin. You can find me on Twitter uh, at I am the Bendu. Where can they find you guys at? This is Josh, and you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Battle of Tanab. Low Maneuvers Mixtape Dropping 2021. <laughs> uh, this is Kyle, and I am KB underscore legend on Venmo and Cash App and OnlyFans if you want to send me <laughs> OnlyFans? It's all feet pics. It's all his feet. <laughs> no mixtape yeah. dropping in 2021 for Kyle. No I wish. Uh, I wish I could come up with a sweet rap name. That's got to be step Kyle, one, right? Kyle, that should be your New Year's resolution that we get you a sweet rap name. And I'll feature you on the mixtape. Oh, there you go. Oh, sweet. I want a feature, definitely. See, the thing is, is that we're going to think that it's, like, cool, but then it's going to actually end up being, like, Dwight and Michael doing uh, Electric Scranton or whatever that, like, that uh, Scranton, the Electric <laughs> yes. City or whatever that was. Yeah. Um, we, we, we should hope that it turns out that good, Josh. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> It'll be worse than that, yeah. To, uh, to steal a loop, uh, line from Han here, I got a bad feeling about this. <laughs> yeah, that sounds Han right. And, Han and several other people. <laughs> yeah. <Yes. laughs> Alright guys, uh, we love you. We're going to get out of here. Uh, 2020, it's been real. Let's hope 2021 is a little bit better. COVID goes away and we can get back to our normal love of Star Wars and seeing people in real life again because that would be awesome. Uh, Try we'll, to go to Batu, man. we got to clean this up. Yes, yes. Uh, got to get down to Disney World ASAP. Uh, we love you guys. Everybody stay safe out there. Happy New Year. We'll see you in 2021. May the Force be with you. Always. Always. Later. Hey friends, don't forget to subscribe to the Star Wars Friends podcast and leave an awesome review on whichever podcast app you're listening on. Catch up on past episodes, fun interviews, and more at StarWarsFriends.com. Connect with the Star Wars Friends on social media at SWFriendsShow on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Email the show at show at StarWarsFriends.com. Thanks for listening, and as always, may the Force be with you.